Hello and welcome to the Blueprint Podcast. The Blueprint creates content revolving around the do's and don'ts of collegiate and scholastic esports while keeping our audience informed on the facts of the space. We aim to give people an ecosystem in the ecosystem, excuse me, a platform to air out misconceptions, call out bad practices, or just have a soapbox to stand on and discuss whatever is important to them. Your hosts, Andy and Mike, hope to build a healthier esports environment while simultaneously engaging in productive conversations with rotating guests. I am your host, Andy Mendez, and today with me is my co-host, excuse me, Michael Viesness, and special guest, CJ Fizzy Savino, professional League of Legends support player. Welcome to The Blueprint. CJ, hey. how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. Uh, first, I want to kind of get into what do you do? Who are you for our, for our uh, audience members? What, what is the best way to describe what you do in esports? I am a support player, and I would say I was a collegiate player turned academy turned collegiate, and we'll see what happens from here. But um, people probably know me from being on TSM Academy for a little bit or past Proving Grounds qualifiers or my time at Illinois Wesleyan or Harrisburg University. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, uh, we're Mike and I are very excited to have you on the podcast. Mike, how are you doing today? You know, as always, I'm doing fantastic, and I think what's going to be interesting today is we're finally interviewing a player and getting that collegiate player perspective, Andy. Are, are you excited for this? Well, I think uh, it's important for the audience to know because, um, CJ, if, if you haven't heard, our, our primary audience is um, people who are in the collegiate and scholastic esports space uh, who either may know a lot about esports or may not know a whole lot about esports. Um, so if we start talking about something and then we kind of uh, interject to explain what it means, don't be surprised. Um, uh, but really, we're really excited to have your perspective because, again, we have a lot of collegiate and high school di- directors on, um, but not quite the uh, perspective of a player, even even as your time in TSM Academy, we'd like to hear about. So um, first question I have for you, and then Mike has a few questions for you as well. Um, can you describe the difference in dynamic between academy and collegiate? Uh, sure. I would say in academy, everything is very prof- more professional and more job-like. Um, that goes in terms of work ethic of the players. Goals are all aligned um, and more synchronized in terms of what people are trying to accomplish while they're there as opposed to collegiate. And then I would say um, with those expectations and job-like mentality comes a more serious environment, although there is still a lot of fun. Um but I would say people are more aligned in thought, and because of that, uh, processes move a little bit faster, and it's more streamlined in terms of moving towards common goals. Whereas collegiate, I think, is more of a thing you do while you're there. Usually, for the most part, it's not. Uh, even if it's like the biggest thing on campus, uh, which maybe it shouldn't be, you should focus on education while you're at school too. It's usually one of the top ones, but there still is a lot of other time you spend doing other things, and everyone is there for different reasons. Um, with few exceptions of like some schools where people are trying to farm professional teams, but we can, I, I don't think that's usually the best reach or approach for collegiate programs. So I would say uh, it's just more streamlined in academy and more job-like because people have similar goals and they're there for more similar reasons than a collegiate program's team would be. How common would you say is it for a collegiate uh, player to also play on an amateur team or then, as a follow-up, a collegiate player to be bumped up to academy? I would say in terms of amateur, the amateur program got a lot bigger this past year with Proving Grounds. And I think a lot of the top collegiate players are looking to do that, especially during the summer, because they don't have anything to do with their college team. And I think very few college teams actually try to field Proving Ground rosters. I think Maryville is the only one right now. Um, So I think that's becoming much more popular, because a lot of collegiate players who are good uh, her like challenger level um if they want to reach that academy level i don't think going specifically through their school is usually the best way to do that outside of a few programs and while you have nothing better to do in the summer uh, maybe you're taking a couple classes on the side you might as well play in proving grounds and field the best team you can on an amateur roster so what is the best way to as a, as a collegiate uh, athlete um to kind of gauge where you are as a player because just being a challenger is not enough to you know potentially make it in academy or make it in yeah you know, even like a, a very top like top three amateur team uh, how do you gauge yourself as a player and w- whether or not you know that you're ready for amateur or uh, uh, academy 
in terms of amateur, I don't think there's any reason to hold off on at least joining a team and finding out where you are. I don't think there's any negative effect of joining amateur too early. Uh, potentially an academy when a little bit more eyes are on you. Maybe you could feel you might lose some confidence or like get a bad perception by the community of you. But I feel like for amateur, just join a team, figure out where you stand and start working on improving yourself is always a good look. And I think the pressure is a lot less there. So you have a lot more freedom to grow as a player and as an individual um, without being under the spotlight. Um, and I think that can help a lot of players who maybe are a little bit nerve prone or just not super confident in themselves. Um, so I think there's no reason to really ever wait off on joining that. But for Academy, I would say if you get an opportunity, most likely you're not there for no reason. Um, and you just got to put the work in. Like People don't really get places often by accident. Maybe you're that one guy, but I, I would always like to think if, if you get that opportunity, you're there for at least some reason and make the most of it. So I, I don't think people should really worry about if they're ready. Um, because if, if you give them that opportunity, just do the best you can. If you really think it's too much, like if you're one of the people that gets like an LCS offer right out of collegiate, maybe think twice about that. But I think for academy and amateur, if you're just a high-ranked player who's smart and is willing to work, you'll end up doing fine as long as you're in the right headspace. I don't think there's any reason you can't perform uh, in these levels of play. Uh, I definitely, people didn't have high expectations for me, and I did okay. Um, I think I could have done better, and but I think anyone who like comes in with a good attitude, if if you're able to hit high challenger, you're able to like think about the game and be a human in interpersonal relationships with your teammates and your coaching staff, you'll do fine. That's probably solid advice. I would feel like for especially for aspiring um, athletes that are either in, in collegiate right now looking to go to amateur and academy. Um, or uh, even high school players. So I wanted to actually kind of pivot towards high school a bit. Um, and I, I'm not sure what your experience with high school esports is, is esports is, if at all. So I wanted to ask, do you have any experience in the, like playing in the high school space, or was your high school um, either not ready for high school esports yet, or maybe just developing? Uh, mine was not ready when I was there, but my little brother actually just started his high school program there, and I helped a little bit, like. Uh, not not a lot, but coaching with his team for a, a few practices. Or That's whatnot. really cool. That's really neat. What uh, is is that a high school in Illinois? Or is it? Where, where, I don't even it's know where. In, you're oh, from. I'm in New Jersey. So oh, okay, in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, Very neat. Yeah. So they just started their program up. Um, so not too familiar with the high school space overall. I think Jersey was a little behind. I think from what I've heard, everything about from being around Iowa and Illinois, Illinois high school programs were a bit more advanced than when I was in high school here in Jersey, but. Like yeah, they seem to like have a, a good amount of fun. There is programs now, even in Jersey, from what I'm aware of, they played in their inter like scholastic tournaments or whatever. Now you can be completely honest and realistic. Do you think that? And I'm not sure if you when you started playing League of Legends, if that was in high school, um, but it, say you were. Do you think being on a high school team would have helped you improve and maybe get ready for collegiate, or do you think that you were just as improved, if not better, not being on a high school team? Uh, I first started playing like amateur when i hit like diamond two or, or so and i thought this is what first got me interested in like actually playing competitive because i realized pretty quickly that i was able to be more vocal and was improving in terms of my communication faster than most players around me like at that rating and i just thought it was more fun and i always thought like the the best part about league was playing with people i used to always love duo q and that was a thing and i thought that playing in voice comms was always a lot more fun. So I, I sought it out myself and didn't necessarily need a high school team. But for those players that can't join an environment or are not high enough rank where they can have consistent practice with those teammates, I think that would have been a nice opportunity to have. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, my high school could have fielded a decent team too, but we just never thought about doing it at the time. Yeah, so so then you had friends in high school that were probably high, higher ranked as well. Yeah, we had a pretty small high school, but... So not too many league players, but we could have fielded a full diamond slash master team, which is, I'm assuming, pretty good for high school. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, this this past year, um, in the Illinois High School Esports Association, I think the highest rated team uh, was high diamond. I think like, consistently all five players were high diamond. Um, and then you have your one-offs. What we found in, in 
high school esports, which is really interesting, is that there's no recruitment, right? So you kind of are you're you're given a pool of kids every year, and from that pool of kids, you have to get lucky and see if there are any good esports kids on there. Yeah. If not, then you you train them from the ground up, and you end up being a mid to low tier team depending on how new they are to the game. Um, but there are some programs that end up with like a gold gold level team, but then have a challenger mid laner. Like that, yeah. it, it really is interesting how how often that happens too. Yeah, that's, that's basically my little brother's team. He, he it's just play around him. He just fills whatever role is needed. So he played mid or top. Um, just plays like Kasten because he's a master tier, and like around him, like, like one diamond, one player, him master, and then like there's like a gold, platinum, like a silver. <laughs> just like, and he'll play against full diamond teams, and he'll just like kill them all because he's like significantly better than the diamond players. Right, <laughs> it makes for a really big difference. But you yeah. definitely want your your top player on something like a carry, especially in the mid lane. Yeah. Um, and let me let me guess. It's like the the diamond one, like the jungler or something like that. Is it just kind of making? Oh, no, he plays or? top. Okay, he top. To a lot of the silver players. It's oh no, <laughs> getting egoed by silver players. <laughs> now, is your is your brother good at the game? Because you're good at the game. Be honest. Uh, I would say so. I mean, we started yeah. playing at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, then he stopped playing the game, and then started playing, like a year and a half, two years ago, and then within like two months, he hit diamond after not playing the games like he played the game for a year hit gold stopped playing and then within a few months he hit diamond when he started playing again and then uh after a year he hit masters oh there you go so i mean it took me a year to get masters basically which i think is way faster than i learned how to play the game so i think he's doing pretty well that's good dude do you does he see league of legends as something he wants to keep doing like in the future or is that just kind of a side thing that he does potentially like as like a club thing in college but uh, my parents would kill him if he was anything like me in terms of league. Really? So, yeah, they're like, we have one. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the line I get. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I understand. We I mean, we had we had kids like that, that graduated from our programs that um, were really good. Don't get me wrong. Really talented. Can. Uh, communicate really well uh, but they r- would really just prefer doing it at the club level or not at all even in collegiate just because um that's not what they're interested in doing you know that that's and it's, and it's a mature thing to say and to do right when you have a skill like that but you you prefer to do what you like or, or something else and you know it is what it is um but maybe he can still play on some amateur teams on the side who knows <laughs> he does that a little bit right now but oh there you go serious. yeah that's that's good that's good um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it over to Mike. See what Mike's got for you. Yeah, no. So we've been covering high school. We've been covering college, and we've gone over both academy along with amateur. I want to stay back in this high school space, though. Right? All right. We have the club. We're building. We have kids that are a part of it. Do you feel that um, high school should be more supportive of these? Esports clubs, and do you think that these high schools should be talking to? I would say collegiate directors um, within their area. I'm going to kind of just give you that broad question. See, have you play around with it for a little bit? Hmm. What was the first part of that question again? Do you think? Do you that... think that the Do you think that high schools should be more receptive and accepting okay, okay. of the other high school clubs? Yeah, I think that in general, in order to be successful in esports, it takes a lot of time as opposed to some physical sports where there's just a physical rest component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in terms of high school, like the school can't support it to the full extent that a player who would want to go professional would need to be supported by. Mm-hmm. So I think they have to like draw a line somewhere in terms of, hey, like you're a student, you can't be playing 10 hours a day like uh, like Danny to go to LCS. Like it's just not something that they can realistically support or should support in my opinion but to the extent where like they could have a team where when i was a wrestler in high school we, we practice a lot like we practice from 3 p.m and i'd be going home sometimes at like 7 like after i showered right and yeah. i see no reason why they couldn't do a scrim set in that same amount of time the same amount of days of the week that i did for wrestling uh i think they should have a season if they're going to do it and as long as that was the case, and maybe they could have like an off-season thing, maybe they do like once a week or so, just like get people in line. I don't see any reason that it would be a problem with that, especially because I, f- I feel like if people were doing that, and maybe like maybe half the days it's just like solo queue, it's not even scrim, so people get like feel like they're getting their own individual gaming in if they want that. Um, there's no reason like that hours should be a problem because if you just practice the same that my wrestling team practice as a league team, you'd have more practice than like 90% of collegiate teams even as a team. Wow, so really? there definitely is time in the day um, to practice as a team if you just go by the normal sports schedule in high school. And I think there's no reason that 
they shouldn't support that. Also, these people are going to be gaming anyway. So if you can do it in an organized environment where people are learning to be people facts. and deal with each other rather than just do it online Absolute and being degenerate, like that would be a significantly better. I think one of the biggest like issues I have with most people um, in league, if I have issues with them, is that they just don't understand how to interact with people, how to take feedback, any of that, because a lot of them haven't really done sports competitively at high school because they were just gaming or something like that. And I think this would be a big help to a lot of those people and allow them to be more successful within league or whatever they decide to do afterwards. Okay. And then do you think that uh, high school should be looking at collegiate esports for in terms of setting up their programs and assistance and kind of diving into the space? Or do you believe that high schools should just start off of a club setting and from the kids themselves and then kind of growing organically from there? Um, I think that there's a lot of money that goes into sporting teams and it wouldn't take that much money in order to just have a couple of slightly more decent computers to allow people to practice as, as a team setting, especially if there were tryouts for a school in order to have a team. Um, so I think there's money within it to have the school support it in that way. And I think colleges have done a pretty good job in terms of setting up infrastructure from what I've seen. Like so many schools are creating their own facilities, understanding how to like get money through the school. And I think they could probably offer a lot of good advice to people within high school. Say you're a teacher in high school who wants to start this program or you're a student who has a teacher. Like it, it has to start with somebody. And I think getting that advice from somebody who started the program from the ground up, which a lot of these colleges have, like a lot of these current directors are the people who started their programs. And I think they'd be a great resource to use in order to begin that process at the high school level. And I also think there's a lot of money, especially with, like I went to public school, I never went to private school. I'm sure private schools have plenty of money too, but there is money within public schools, um, especially with a lot of programs being like taken away to like start new programs and start moving on to like the future, which you know, the, the classic saying esports is the future, but to a certain extent, right? Like yeah. everyone's on the computer, everyone's online. There's so much money going to tech anyway in schools. Like my whole high school had iPads. A lot of schools have like MacBooks or computers for their students. There's no reason that a little bit of money can't be allocated to this or like, especially because uh, like this uh, social distancing learning and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure plenty of these high school students have decent computers at home and if they just have to do it from home instead, but still work through like a school moderated discord server or whatever they want to use for that, a Google classroom or something or uh, whatever voice chat they need to use. I'm sure they could find a way to do it. I think these collegiate directors are just a really good resource that they should probably use if they have collegiate like programs within their area. So yeah, why not? Okay. And what would you say would be the purpose of like a, a high school esports program or a high school esports club? Should it just be um, learning and individual uh, improvement and as you as you said, being a person, or should it be uh, oriented and being the going pro? Like, what what would you say would be a healthy way to go about it, or an ideal way that you believe they should go about it? Uh, I think both. I think you don't get the growth um, from being on a sports team without having some sort of competitive drive. I think competition and the stress that comes with that is what allows people to grow. I think the most growth I had from wrestling was because of hardship. Um, like either like physical hardship, just being tired and working or the stress of like having a match, um, the time it took, like learning to budget my time, all this kind of stuff I think is really helpful. I think if it's purely for fun, um, it doesn't show it doesn't teach you like dedication um, and what doing something when you don't want to do it. Uh, it doesn't give you that. It doesn't give you that if you don't have a hard time. So I think it should be something that is competitive, but I don't think everyone's competitive goals are necessarily going to be going pro. If you have someone that wants to do it, I think they should ideally have like a way they can channel that. What Maybe it's like people that were really good at wrestling would always do off season stuff. They wouldn't just do it within their own, a high school environment the high school will do whatever they could to help them um but at a certain point like if you're really above and beyond everyone else in the room because it is high school it's not the best of the best it's just whoever was there um then they should understand that they have to like go on their own to achieve that but the high school shouldn't be like hey we don't want you to be good obviously but they obviously have limitations on how much they can help these people that are so much more equipped and like immediately better than the people around them yeah and i think that that tells the difference between a good and bad uh, high school director or coach 
um, if, if you're going to go above and beyond for your student that you know has potential or, or definitely like expresses that they want to have the potential to go collegiate at least, um, you should be pushing them to, to do the things that, that will make them stand out, right? Like if, if they want to stand out and they want to get on an amateur team, um, you know, the high school itself maybe not be able to help, but the coach can certainly help, you know, look around for good amateur opportunities or teams um, that they could recommend or, or maybe even write letters of recommendation for, for some other esports internship or jobs that they want to get into if it's not necessarily being a player, right? Um, there, there's definitely opportunities for coaches to help out. It doesn't have to be just, you know, the scope of what the high school can do, you know? For sure, for sure. Well, let's, um, you know, let's focus. You've been mentioning, mentioning wrestling and, you know, we've been mentioning a lot, you know, League of Legends players learning how to be people. What do you think traditional sports is good at in terms of helping grow the individual? And what do you think that is missing at the esports level that like they need to take more from traditional sports? So what could esports learn? from traditional sports and growing a team environment and helping out individual players? Um, one thing I think is just in terms of, like, if for like physical sports that you do, when you're tired and you don't want to be there, you get pushed in a way where like, you have to be there. For wrestling, right? I, if I was sick or I didn't want to be there, or I was having a bad day, and the guy across the room is just repeatedly beating me down to the ground, like that's going to motivate me to like, give it my all even when I don't want to. Also, like, it being yelled at, all sorts of things, right? If you're not giving it your all, like, you, in a physical sport, you will have to. I, I can't say the same for, like, track or sports where you're specifically pushing yourself. But in a one-on-one -on -one type sport where you're being pushed by the other person, like, you end up always giving your all. Um, unless you have some sort of agreement, like, the other person is just a terrible practice partner. But in my case, if that was the case, if I was getting bad practice, I would just get angry, and then I would beat them up until they got angry, too, and then we'd have a good practice again. But in terms of esports, I think a lot of times when people don't want to be there, there's nothing that pushes them um, to be there. A lot of people don't have, like, like, I think the coaching dynamic is much different, where very few coaches feel like they actually can control, like, a level of discipline with their players. I think a lot of players, like, for example, in league, like, who just phone it in for the day, don't really talk that much, or kind of silently comms because they're having a bad day. Like, that would not fly um, in even, like, high school sports for the most part. Like, if, if I was having a bad day in my match, like, I'm just getting yelled at. And I'm like, I, as a player, like, that's just the dynamic you have with your coach. And maybe that's because it's been around for longer and the coaches are a little bit more respected because they were in your shoes too. And the coaches for, um, high school league or whatever whatever esport you're playing college don't command that same level of respect because they weren't there doing it themselves because it's just such a new thing um, but I think people have to be more willing to be a little bit harder on their players and have that like coach mentorship uh, but also like at the end of the day like you have to do this type of dynamic I think that's important you can't just be friends with your players um, as a coach it doesn't always work um, and I think people have to be much more willing to do things when they don't want to. And I don't know if there's a way um, outside of the coaching dynamic to enforce that when there's no like direct harm coming your way if you don't put your all. I feel like the fear of like losing in a physical sport sometimes is mm -hmm. more than it is in an online game. Um, like I, I, for, for wrestling, for sure. I'm sure there's other things too, but like, like if you're in a boxing or wrestling or any like combat sport, which is my background, not necessarily like <laughs> other things, like you can't just phone it in for the day, but you can in these. And I think that like it doesn't force you necessarily to go your all when you don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And if the coaches aren't doing it, then I think that's like the biggest difference for me. Do you think it matters that a coach at the high school or collegiate level is of higher or similar rank to the players uh, that they're coaching? I don't think rank necessarily matters. I think the idea that like they have to know what they're talking about, and obviously rank is one way you can look at it and be like, okay, at least they can like play the game. So like I understand they they understand a certain amount, so you can put a little bit more respect into it immediately. But if your coach really knows what they're talking about it, you'll know. Um, like Peter Zhang at TSM Academy, really, really, really smart individual, good coach. And I think he was like plat or something or diamond at the time. It's like, I didn't need to know if he could play the game to know that he knows what he's talking about. Um, but I think for some people, 
it's definitely a, a a point of contention, especially on Twitter. I've seen for that, like you need to be at, like this rank. Otherwise, if you can't play the game and hit like master on Yumi, you don't understand the game. It's like, well, some people just don't care about playing the game. They really don't. And I think it would help for some people, but just because you can also hit high rank in the game doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. So it, it's like, it's. It, I think it's a case by case type of thing, but it, it would help in some cases for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's true. But in the in the high school level, like I, I know that that's like a, a general rule of thumb. But at the high school level, it's, it is a bit different. I, I totally agree what you're saying uh, with what you're saying. Um, but just because like yeah, at the high school level, like you really don't have a lot of uh, coaches that are actually be you know able yep. to play the game but you know most of them are are t- volunteer teachers or or you know people who are working as staff members but they do I, to me that doesn't give an excuse uh like a free pass to say anyone can coach esports i think you really have to understand um not only like the traditional team sports uh i don't, I don't want to say environment but like the d- dynamic of a team um yes, and integrate yes. that into into an esports program that's how you really succeed right yeah, but uh, also what, base level are, knowledge for sure helps yeah i think for these players uh, for these like coaches if they don't understand the game super well what they can still be really good at um is showing the players like they've been there and not maybe not in terms of esports but they've been in the team environment they know how like player to player relationships should work all of these kind of things exactly, and they can teach yeah. as a mentor and someone who's done sports before um, and I think like you don't need to be super well versed in league in order to be effective in this manner. Um, like my first director at uh, Illinois Wesleyan was our, our coach freshman year, like in parentheses, and it's like he did not know league as uh, Fletcher. For anyone who knows, yeah, well, he was actually uh, yeah. he was our on very the podcast first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like a great mentor and uh, taught me a lot. And like, like I'm so lucky to have met him freshman year. Like. He was our coach and our director because we didn't have like a, a coach hired yet by our school. Um, he was just wearing all the hats, right? And he was, I think he was either between gold and like D4. I think he was somewhere around plat. Um, but there's no one that could tell me he understood the game better than like a lot of the players there, right? So, but what he could do is help us, like as five players who know the game better than him, talk to our talk to each other, like get through the hard times organize us and just be like the mentor and adult figure in the room that can make sure we get through the times where all these people who don't understand the interpersonal relationship stuff that well as players and young young adults like he could help through that and he didn't need to be super well versed in the game in order to help us facilitate ourselves and become a pretty decent team by the end of his time there and i feel like it's it's almost worse if if someone who doesn't understand the game really tries to push like the values of traditional yeah. <laughs> sports in that sense where it's like if if callum would have sat there and said no you absolutely have to pick yumi bard oh. bot lane like you know like it would it would not know have... your role know your lane Don't exactly step outside of your lane. Yeah. exactly and and you know like you as, as a coach you do feel a lot of pressure to be able to like want to be the best coach possible yeah. um but i think like i think that's why like the reasons why this podcast is important let's say is because you you want the coaches to be able to feel comfortable in their coaching role if you're not comfortable in being a high level you know lane coach like you're, you don't know what the difference is between freezing and pushing a wave is then maybe you shouldn't be coaching them on the rift maybe you should be relying on someone who's better than you at the game to be an in-game leader not necessarily even a coach because you want them to play but an in-game leader and then focus on building the team outside of that um and i and i completely agree and it's funny that calum you know was was in that position because a lot of our high school programs and like even me i i was in that position at the beginning um, and I, I don't know if you do you know Michael Pater from ISU right now. A he's, a, he's a coach. Yeah. yeah. So he started out um, at our high school program and he was our first like student president and he was on the League of Legends team. And I was I was the, the quote unquote coach uh, for the League of Legends team. And I definitely have maybe less than half of the League of Legends knowledge that he holds. Um, and, and I like, you know, there were some questions, you know, from, 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 uh, players that were like, Hey, what, what should we pick here? What should we do? And I answered to the best of my ability, but I think like little by little, we kind of realized like, okay, maybe we should be relying on each other. And I am here to help you guys communicate the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I recently started like coaching a team. We'll see if I end up playing for them. But like one thing I tell my players is like, I know what my strengths are like as a coach and what I can help teach these players. Like 
like I had players ask me for individual lotteries. I'm like, okay, I can help you when it comes to like the mid game, but when it comes to your nitty gritty, should I auto and lane here? I I'm probably gonna know less than you as the challenger mid lane yourself because I'm not a great mid lane player. I right. can probably hit challenger, but I'm sure you could play this like laning phase out better than I can. But what I can help you with is these things. And I think if if like you should understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, um, anything in life that you're doing, and you should play to those. Don't try to be someone you're not. I mean that goes for anything, but it especially goes for being a coach when your biggest value to your team might be the fact that you have age and wisdom. It doesn't have to be like that you're a great League of Legends coach to be helpful to these players in some way. Just try to find the, the way you can be most helpful and do it. And obviously, like even Fletch, who like wasn't like insane at League of Legends, he would still ask questions and he would try to like be involved, like you were saying in draft and do things to the best of his abilities. Like you can step in a little bit. And obviously the difficulty I think comes in when, especially for league, uh, people have their own individual views of how they want to play the game. And if you don't understand that super well, it is, it is hard to like manage people's egos and like trying to pull resources and like figure out the best way to play as a team. If you don't understand. So it, it would take a really high level of like, uh, with emotional IQ and personal intelligence, like look through and like call people out in their bullshit if you don't understand exactly what they're talking about in terms of the game. Um, but I think if you're really good at that, you could probably manage that. But that would be like the the hardest part if you're trying to go through this perspective, I would say. Because sometimes like you might have a player who's like everyone trusts them, but they're really not saying the best thing for the team. They're saying what's best for themselves. And I think there obviously is going to be limitations in this way, but this is probably the way you can be the most impactful to your students. Definitely. Certainly agree. No, that's actually fantastic to say that. And kind of putting in perspective what a lot of programs at the collegiate level don't really understand, um, both for when they're hiring a coach that's trying to act uh, like they know everything and also going after the players that might be a little bit too uh, heavy-handed uh, on the on the on their coaches that because they're not diamond or grandmaster uh should have no say i think having people be in the in their own lane understanding what they can bring is definitely important and i think if you're a college program and you're a coach going in and you don't know the game i think the first thing you need to do is to help your players be people. And you've been saying that, Fizzy, the entire time, is helping them understand their scheduling, helping them understand their egos, helping them come together as a team. And as you both have pointed out through your conversation too, is maybe finding that captain that understands the game, like Fletch did, working together with that team. And that is where essentially your coaching could come from. I mean, ISU found their coach out of a player, out of a student. They didn't hire a coach. And I think other schools can go ahead and do that as well. But I want to turn the question into what do you think, Fizzy, is the purpose of collegiate esports? Is it a path to go pro or is it a gateway to afford a college education or is there a third option i think that there's a lot of programs that offer a lot of different roads and i think it's pretty all-encompassing and you can pretty much do what you want with it um as long as you understand the program you get into i think programs like um maryville harrisburg like the highest level winthrop now you could go to that school and play on a, a team that is good enough that if, if your goal is to go pro you can probably make it there if you have the talent too Mm -hmm. um but granted a lot of these schools don't want people just to go there and for the purpose of springboarding themselves to go pro so i think if that's your goal i mean if that's your goal you should be at least honest with the program like hey i'm not looking to graduate i'm looking to go pro if the school wants that from you or if they don't want that for you they'll, they'll let you know um so i think being honest as a student is also fair to the programs um i don't think it's just like a one-way thing where it's like everyone would agree the school should be honest with the player um but I also think it goes the other way around, too, because a lot of these schools are not giant programs, and you really could be screwing over a lot of people as a student doing this. Because um, I know there is a lot of like collegiate hoppers around there where players just go school to school, and I think their motivations are not very pure. Um, so I would say that. But I think you could go to college to get a degree. I, I have friends who are very good at the game who are going to these top-tier schools because they want their degree and they can get it for free. Um, and I, I have friends that want to go to school for free so they can pursue going pro 
and do the degree at the same time. Like, well, at least I'm, it's a fallback. And then I have people who are like, they are just using it so they can get their degree entirely. And they're really focused in school, but they want to do this. Um, and some people just want to do it for fun. They want to get a degree. I think there's really a school for whatever you want to do. And as long as you're open and honest about what you want to do, maybe maybe your honest truth is that you don't know what you want to do and you want a program that allows you to do all these things. And if you can find a program like that for you, I, I would hope the directors um, would be as open and honest as the student opening up to them about that. Uh, I, I don't know for sure if that's the case, but from my experience, I, I've met mostly good people within the space. Um, and I think I have been on the luckier side. Like I, I worked with Fletcher and I worked with Chad Smeltz at Harrisburg. And I think both of them were, were very open, honest people um, and got me the places I wanted to be. And I think they respected that I was open and honest with them in the same way. Yeah, no, I think, you know, you've had a, you've had a very interesting, I think you've had a very blessed collegiate experience. There are horror stories um, in collegiate where programs are trying to sell a dream. And also in collegiate, there are players um, that are, dishonest with their own intentions and where they go and where they decide to go. I, I would say the one thing to add to that is if you are a player and you know, you are being honest, you need to check what your skill level is. You need to check what you want to get at in life and you need to kind of roadmap it a little bit. Um, I think sometimes we see players in college um, try to say they're going to go pro and the skill level isn't there. And then they pick a program that isn't, um, really up to snuff. It's unheard of. It's brand new. And they think this is going to be a stepping stone or a springboard for them to get to Maryville. I mean, I heard that happen. I've <laughs> seen people try to attempt that. Um, and it, it isn't really pretty. Um, now, the one thing I would ask you is, do you think, do you think um, collegiate is a little bit dishonest? in what they offer players for the new programs that are starting. I know there's Maryville Winthrop, there's Harrisburg, uh, you have IWU, which is and ISU and a few others that I can't name right now that are very honest, very transparent, have great, well-established programs. But do you think that there's some collegiate programs that are a little bit dishonest with their players and kind of using it as just a recruitment tool and leaving players out to dry? I can't say I know too many players who have been like scammed by their college. So I, I might not have the most um, educated viewpoint on like the bad programs out there. But for what I've seen, like the, the one negative, I will say a lot of people just use the word scholarship as a buzzword. Yes. Um, like at Illinois Wesleyan, like our esports scholarship is very small. And I, I, I was aware that I was told up front, right? Like, maybe it's a buzzword to get people like to look at it, which I mean, that's just advertising i guess in a way and it's somewhat dishonest but i don't think there's too much harm to that it makes you just read something for five extra minutes mm -hmm. um but then i i was talked to about like other packages stuff like that like how i can get i got thirty thousand dollars off academically um for the school so the school ended up being my cheapest option to go to uh when i was first graduating high school even more so than like my own state school Rutgers, um and other schools i got into like near me so I think that the scholarship buzzword is a bit dishonest sometimes, <laughs> but I don't think it's the most harmful thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think generally, obviously, like if, by the time you like commit to a school, like you you will see the package you're paying for before. So I think nobody can lie to you about the money. Um, although sometimes uh, the longevity of scholarships and that being taken away can be a problem. I know. I, I don't want to like talk anything bad, but I did hear that the the slew team, like the people who were, did not make this new team, um, they lost whatever scholarship they had. Like they're not going to be on the league program. It was a fully new roster. So I think like having turnover and things like that for schools that are maybe overly ambitious could hurt players that were there to begin with. Um, but also like if that program was coming after you already decided to come to school, like you didn't sign up to the school knowing this was going to be a thing. So maybe it's not as unfair as I, I might have sounded when I heard about it. Um, but I think for the most part, it's uh, as a student, like you got to do your own research. It's like these crypto scams. Like you got to read into it and, and not be, not like be a fool yourself, right? Yeah. Like if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And I think for the most part, like really look at the school and don't go to somewhere just because of the esports, because you're going to be there for more than just esports. Like you have to be a full time student to get any of these scholarships. That's just how it works. So don't be dumb if you're a student. Do your due diligence, look at the school, figure out if you want to be there. Esports is one reason, 
to say yes to a school or say no to a school, it's not the whole thing. Um, just be smart. <laughs> like, I, I think like there's only a certain degree a school can lie to you. The rest of it's like, you can just look and see for yourself. Sure. Like your director might tell you, okay, we're going to have five challenger players. And that could be a lie. Talk to the players, get names, like do your due diligence. They, they really can't lie to you any more than you put the work in and see if they're lying. Right. They, they can give you lies, but you can tell if they're true before you say yes and go to the school. No, yeah, that's true. And you actually answered the question before I could even ask it. If you were to tell high school students what to do and what to look out for, I mean, you already you already covered that. Yeah, you have to do your due diligence, even, even if you wanted to just go to universities academically. You have to see what the scholarship opportunities are, what the connections are going to be for your intended major or minor, and then move forward. This also goes for traditional athletes, too. What are the pathways? What are the gateways open to you? And is this my best shot? I think what sometimes you you do see or do hear is players um, sometimes do trick themselves and they kind of fall into a rut uh, and where they be- it, it was too good to be true and they just believed it and then they they fell into it. But at the same time, there are universities that can be a little bit more forthright in the um, information that they're giving. And I think for anybody that's out there that's listening, both administrator and student, you know, the buzzword of a scholarship is great, but why don't you talk about as an administrator, what your program does, what your institution is going to give to that student and how they're going to be successful year in, year out. And if you're a student, even if you're really, if you're really good, or if you're a mediocre skill level and you have this esports scholarship given to you, what is your mission? Okay, what do you want to achieve in your four years? Where do you want to go? Is that going pro? Is that getting a education? Is that both? Are you looking to jump from one college into another? You have to really plan out your gateway, your pathway to success. And you've been kind of covering that the entire time today as your own history, your own career and how you thought things through, how you've gone through things, the people that have mentored you. Definitely. And what I kind of want to ask you here right now, if you were hired at University X to be a director, you know, what would be like three major things as an esports director that other directors should do? Like, what are the three major things that you would set forward? Hmm. I would say having an actual schedule of practice that obviously you should work around your players' schooling schedule. Um, but depending on the school, I, I can't say for every school. Uh, at Illinois Wesleyan, like there was times where generally classes just be done by this time of day. So we could always schedule um, around that. And like, some people had like fraternity obligations or whatever, or individual things where like once a week they had to do this thing. Um, but it, you had to have a list of priorities. Um, and then we, you figured out within like your team what that was and you could have the time but having an actual schedule so that people have to practice and maintaining that i think is like the most important thing in order to having a successful like team so i would make sure that all my teams are actually scheduled and organized um because i think without organization you don't have people showing up when they don't want to be there and because of that you don't have growth people just are doing it as a hobby and you don't get the growth of having an organized sport so i would, I would make sure that happens and Make sure that players understand that this is an like th- this is their obligation now that they've signed up and they're getting a scholarship or whatever they're there for that they are part of this team and the team comes before their own individual wants when they are deciding to play for that team and the team comes before them as a person. Obviously, like there's individual things that you have to like be willing to separate. Like, oh, I have a personal issue, I can't go right. But overall, like you are there to be part of the team, and if you are not pulling up your end of the bargain, you're not just hurting. Um, your chances of winning, you're hurting everyone else around who is dedicating and sacrificing their time for what should be a common goal. Um, two, let's see. I think I would want to have a pretty like close relationship with my players, or at least let them know that um, it is available to them if they want. Depending on how big your program is, like you have to like limit this to some degree. But I think the best part about Iwu to me was the fact that I knew I could walk into my director's door and talk to him whenever I wanted to um like just to within some degree if he has a phone call I have to wait something like that but i think being available to talk to your players um and people within your program is a really powerful thing uh, and i think 
you, there's a lot of good you can do. And if I was a director um, or a coach, I think that's like the, the reason I want to take the job is to help people grow and, and see that progression throughout their time at the university or high school. Because um, you're there for the people, not just the job you're doing. Any, any job where people is involved, like the reason it's exciting to me is because of the potential growth you have for people and not just the goal you're going to together. That's cool and all, but the day-to-day -day is what is going to keep you interested in your job and see. I think is where you're going to see the most like pride at the, at, like, at the end of your career. And then hmm, I'm blanking on a third. <laughs> hmm. What would you what would you say? What would be yours? I do like the fact that you mentioned scheduling. I think scheduling is a big problem. Um, I think there's a lot of directors that have um, a way they want to handle things or a way that they believe things need to be handled without taking always into consideration of um, <laughs> what the practices are going to be, what tournaments they're going to sign up. They're kind of just grab anything that has esports in the name to it. Uh, and these are the new directors. It's not all of them. It's some of them. I also like the fact that you mentioned, um, you know, the relationship with your players, you, uh, you, you know, not being their best friend, but being a resource to them to have that opportunity to come in, talk about their problems, help them understand what's going on, either with their own lives or college, what have you. I think that's great. Um, and I think the third thing, the, the, the most important thing is you, you mentioned you covered, everybody here is covered. It's there to help people. I think a director needs to establish pathways within the community, and that is their local community or within the esports community to give their players abilities to go and find a career in esports, right? We are, a, you would be a collegiate institution. You are a director of a collegiate institution. And at the end of the day, your goal as a director is after four years for each of your athletes or your academic esports students is to help them find a job or show them on their way. And now networking that, is very, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a very important thing you can offer to your people. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, you got them all to go to, you know, evil genius or, you know, immortals. I, I'm saying finding things that fit what their major is or their goal is and setting them up for success and helping them like in the resume or the interview to do that. So that kind of goes in tandem with your second point, but I, I want directors that are listening to also see that. And I know there's some of you that are listening in right now that know that, um, but just don't sell the gambit of that buzzword esports. really build something so you can see your kids leave that after that four years to be the best person that they could be and the most successful that they could be throughout the rest of their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And CJ, you know, we're, we're going to start wrapping stuff up here and we've got two segments to go through that are, that are a little bit structured that we usually do at the end of each podcast. Um, and we're typically excited to do this. And with you, I'm uh, particularly definitely excited uh, so we do a little bit of a segment. Uh, we go through our guest Twitter's accounts and we look for uh, a tweet that we want a little bit more context on or maybe something to explain. Um, could be silly, could be important to the esports industry, um, or it could not be. Who knows? Um, so I, the, the one, I, I really didn't have to scroll very far, uh, which is hilarious, um, because I really wanted to hear more context and maybe a little bit more of... Um, <laughs> Maybe the success of the hot tub stream uh, from St. Louis. So uh, it, please go go right ahead. From start to finish, what could you say about the hot tub streams in St. Louis? Okay, first off, I just love hot tubs. So, like, I I will be more friendly with you if I know you have a hot tub. But like, you know, there's like gold diggers. I'm like a hot tub digger. <laughs> so like, oh like, like, if I find out you have a hot tub, like, I might be a little bit more friendly to you. Oh, and, like, that's hilarious. and like maybe at, like try to like weasel my way to come over you know like that's that's the thing <laughs> so like just know that's when hot tub streams became a thing like you better believe like i, I always had my mind open like that would be kind of cool but i didn't know how easy streaming on your phone was until someone told me like oh it's easy yeah it's, so it's I, like I, you I, literally I, download the, the, the like twitch app right isn't, see, it, isn't it that easy yeah or? it's, it's yeah. that easy you just go live on your phone um yeah so i i obviously knew there was a hot tub in the hotel before i went there because I, I checked um so i was always thinking like hey, this could be a thing we should like hot tub stream while i'm there sadly 
the hot tub is being used by a family with a lot of kids and I didn't want to make people uncomfortable. So I couldn't use the hot tub. So I had to use my bathtub. Um, <laughs> so it definitely, it was n not what I wanted, but you know, the show must go on. So we, we did a little bit of a stream in my bathtub. How long um, was the stream? How long did it go? It was like 30 minutes. We didn't have too much to talk about cause I couldn't bring guests on. I had two people. In my, I, so we had three people total in my bathtub, right? But it was my teammates. But I didn't want to invite people. I didn't know that well into my bathtub. We had like people in the background, so like we closed the door, but we had like seven people in like a small hotel bathroom, three of them in the tub, one of them on the toilet, like two on the counter, um, helping film, right? So like that we really couldn't get any more people in there. So there wasn't too much to talk about since you couldn't have like a round table of people at the event. So that was a bit of a disappointment, but I still had to at least do it, otherwise I'm a liar. That's um, hilarious. I think at the next event I have to bring my swim trunks because uh I'll have to join the, the fizzy uh hot tub stream. Hopefully we'll I, see I, you at there's a at lot any of event. good that could happen from I, a hot tub. I stream. I completely yeah. agree. I, I really think that it promotes a lot of conversations. Maybe we'll have a, a blueprint episode in the hot tub and we'll have you we'll have you guest host or something because you just love hot tubs so much <laughs> we had we had some we had some good content ideas like one of our players was gonna wear a suit and like like be like the the host for it it was, it was gonna be good oh but, man you would have yeah. ruined that suit you would have absolutely ruined no i told suit. him he was not allowed to go in the hot tub with the suit because it's not worth it it's really it's not really worth not it. worth it unless it's like you know you're 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 spending like goodwill like you know, yeah, find something that fits re relatively good, but no. We're all broke college students. It's never worth it. It's, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> well, you know, thank you so much for giving us extra content on that, or context, excuse me, and content, I suppose, on, on that uh, hot tub stream because we really were curious how did it go. Um, so our last segment here, we're going to wrap things up. We usually allow our guests um, a, a defined amount of time. Uh, we'll say a, a minute, maybe two minutes here um, for you to just – Stand on a soapbox and say what you'd like to say to the esports industry. It could be a piece of advice. It could be a hot take. It could be something that you just wish people in esports knew, whether that be collegiate, scholastic, amateur, professional, whoever our podcast listeners are. What would you like people to know, not only about you or, or just about anything esports related? Go right ahead. I think with the exception of if you are there as a professional player and that is your, your goal, I think people within the staff side of things should understand that the people is what comes first and the people is the most important thing. Um, winning can come from a good program with good people, and that's great. But at the end of the day, the main focus should be to make sure everyone grows individually, and that can be done through the medium of com competition and competing at the highest level. But Please, for the love of God, people, just understand that you have to think about the people first and don't be selfish. At the end of the day, if, if you're honest and you have these goals in mind, you will see success in ways outside of just people growing individually. You will have better teams and just, everything will be better. So as, if you have good people thinking about that, the world will be, the world will be a little better. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That, that, was, a, that was a good little... A snippet there and, and you know I, I think i completely agree all, i feel like all the guests that have, have we've given like a soapbox to stand on they've always said really good stuff oh, everyone yeah. except for fletch no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but no fletch had a really good one too um <laughs> well you know cj it, it has been an absolute blast and a pleasure having you on the podcast really um thank you so much for taking the time to talk with mike and i um mike any final words no, I, you know what? Yes, I always have some final words, and I'm always happy that you throw it back to me. To the listeners at home, as always. Yeah, like 30 seconds. Keep going. Be educated. <laughs> know what you're doing. Know what you want. And take everything with a grain of salt here in the land of esports. That is all I have to say this time, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, CJ. Godspeed. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.